0: you stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise you, O Christ. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good morning, how are you? Good and tired, as usual, very good and tired, nice. I've got a question for you. Have you ever picked on your sibling or friend? Hands go straight up in the air, yeah? I'm not going to ask you what you do to pick on them because I don't want this to become a tutorial. But, okay, the summary. Sometimes it's mean, right? When we pick on them, because we all just kind of pick at each other sometimes, don't we? When we pick on each other, we have a way of getting under someone's skin, don't we? We have all kinds of words to, we use to describe this. Sometimes we're pushing their buttons. Sometimes we're getting under their skin. Sometimes we're driving them off a wall. But it's all different words for you're kind of being annoying right now, right? And if you live with someone long enough, you know the exact things to do that are annoying to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was your age, I had three brothers, and in those three brothers, we didn't have enough seats on all the couches for everybody to sit down at the same time. So you had to squish in, and so I'd be sitting on others, and I'd be minding my own business, being an exact angel as I always was. Uh huh. And before you know it, someone's hand would dig into my side in the ribs. I'm like, ah. And so we'd wait for a little while and then my hand would dig right back into there. (laughs) We would pick on each other and pick on each other and pick on each other until one of us cracked, right? Until they were a little more frustrated than they have any right to be. We know in that moment, don't we? When someone's that frustrated, you got to stop, right? You have to stop. You have to care about the people who are just a little too worked up right now. You have to care about the people who are a little too not feeling the right way right now. You have to stop. I'm not telling you to keep picking on each other, but that feeling you have inside when you know to stop, do you guys know that feeling? Yeah, you do. You do know that feeling. That feeling you have inside when you know to stop is the same thing that God's talking about, Jesus is talking about in today's story. Jesus is telling us about people who are really, really feeling like something needs to stop right now and how we might be concerned for them too. It's not that we're picking on people. It's that In our world, sometimes people need help, and it's that same feeling. I just want things to stop right now. So can you look at my nose? Have you ever saw someone in the world or felt yourself that not necessarily someone was picking on you, but you just wanted things to stop? Yeah? Yeah. I felt that way too. In our lives, we're all going to feel that way. Jesus is there. Jesus is there in our lives whenever we feel like we need things to stop. Whenever we feel like we need things to just calm down for a little bit. One more minute, okay? Jesus is there for everyone who feels like things need to slow down a bit. And Jesus says, not only I'm going to be there for you, but I'm going to see you through, you know? That's what this whole thing's about. So this week, I want you to look for people who need some help in the world. They might need the world to stop a little bit. And instead of picking on them, I want us to love them to share the best things we have, our time and our friendship and our lives with them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I said, I would come back to you. What's up? I know the feeling. Brothers keep picking on each other, but you know what the best times are? When you're getting along you know? So maybe that's something we can try this week. It's hard. I know. It's hard. But I bet you'll be good at it. Sound good? Should we say a prayer? Let's pray. Gracious God, we all know that feeling when things just need to settle down. We ask, That as you look at the world, you would be close to everyone who needs that help right now. Be with the ones who are crying out and be with the ones who can't cry out. Be with the ones who need help. Be with the ones who are picked on. Be with everybody in this world. And help us in your time to share. To share our time and our space and our love. With the ones who need help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here, guys. You can go back to your seats. In the name of Jesus, amen. The Sermon on the Mount in chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew is a long, long sermon of how Jesus not only views the world, but instructs the crowd and his followers to be in the world. And here in the beginning of chapter 5 of Matthew, Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount not with a funny anecdote of what he saw that week like most sermons, He begins the Sermon on the Mount with a list, a repetitive list of exactly where his heart is, where his focus is, where he's going to look day in and day out for the rest of his ministry. This list is full in the front half of the list of people who seem like they're in very vulnerable positions. The people who hurt in various ways. They're mournful and they're meek. They hunger and thirst for righteousness. They have things that don't quite seem to be filled by the world. And in this vulnerability, we see Jesus put his focus, and not just his, but the focus of his disciples and the focus of his people onto the ones who need help the most. And in the first half of these nine blesseds, we have a pattern. In the second half of these nine blesseds, we see ones that we might even want to be more like. We see ones who are peacemakers. We see ones who are pure in heart. We see ones who are even persecuted for righteousness sake. But inside of these, it might be hard to understand them being the same kind of vulnerable. These seem like choices that you're making. Things that you're doing. How are you like these ones? Even above our altar, We have blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God written around that ring. At one point in time, our community had a core identity of who we were in one of these Beatitudes. A life of following Jesus... Puts us in a little bit more vulnerable position than we'd like. A life of being a peacemaker will see you in the presence of so much unrest. A life of being pure in heart will see your heart broken, just like Mary, who is right at the top of that picture with a sword piercing her own soul, too. A life of being someone who is persecuted for righteousness' sake and on behalf of Jesus' own name is a life both of incredible blessing and great frustration. A life of following Jesus leads to a cross in our lives as well as Jesus' And it's not really a great thing if you're trying to get a bunch of people to follow you to highlight these things, but at least Jesus is honest And here, Jesus stands on a mountain, telling about blessing for all the vulnerable of the world. The ones whose hearts aren't as protected as they'd like them to be, the ones whose souls are exposed to the roughness of what's out there the ones whose bodies and minds are filled with work and with weary on behalf of the ones around them if we only look at jesus during this sermon this can stay a theoretical exercise This can stay away from us. But if we turn around and we look at who Jesus is speaking to, this becomes a little bit different. Leading up to the Sermon on the Mount, there is a very short section of chapter 4 in Matthew where Jesus, having been baptized by John in the River Jordan and driven out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days, he then begins to do his work, and he calls a few disciples, and he goes around the Sea of Galilee preaching and teaching and healing. And then there's the few verses right before this where people are coming from all over. They're coming from Judea, and they're coming from Jerusalem, and they're coming from the Decapolis, they're coming from the Garrison, and they're coming from all over the map of where Jesus was. And It literally says Jesus is healing all of them, and Jesus is teaching all of them, and Jesus is living with all of them. And so when Jesus climbs up on this mountain and looks down at these people, he's not looking at some theoretical life that you might be living one day, someday, by and by, but he has spent so much time with these people who are literally showing him how they are hurting, and how they are groaning, and how they are weeping, and how they just absolutely are beat up by the world. And so he turns not to some imaginary place, but to these, and says, blessed are you. The blessing of God is felt far away for far too long for these people. Blessed are you. And the God of heaven and earth comes down and lives among the ones who are blessed here. God will not let you live alone with these things. Blessed are you. The God of heaven and earth doesn't announce blessing to us on a Sunday morning, theoretically. You might be blessed. But God announces a promise to you in the context of your life. God sees what you are going through right now, understands where you are in this moment hears your cries inside your heart that you can't get your lips to say, walks up the mountain, turns around, looks straight at you, and says, blessed. Blessed are you. There's a lot of voices that are going to tell you how to interpret your life. But the God of heaven and earth is standing and looking at us today. And in the very real realities of the rough edges of life is saying blessed. Blessed are you. There may be opportunities in our lives to share this blessing with others, to remind each other of this healing, but the good font of blessing here in our lives is God in Christ Jesus. Blessed are you. This week, this day, this month, this year, this lifetime, don't be afraid of taking all that you have, all that's built up in your life, and just like the crowds carrying it as far as you can to go and find Jesus wherever he may be. Don't be afraid of laying it down at the feet of Jesus. Don't be afraid of staring up at the mountain from time to time and asking to hear the sermon again. (laughs) Blessed are you, and you will not be left alone on this journey. Blessed are you. Amen.